This is PFA Conversations presented by the Professional Footballers Association. I'm your host, Marcus Fjortoft, and this week I have a very special guest, none other than Dennis Wise. Now, to successfully transition from one career to another cannot be taken for granted. For Dennis Wise, it's had its ups and downs, but he's now leading one of the most exciting football projects in the world. In PFA Conversations, with Como CEO and former England and Chelsea footballer Dennis Wise, I spoke to him about how he looked to build the Como project, how that compares to his time starting off as an executive at Newcastle, and if it was a relief coming to Italy and avoiding the intense scrutinization tends to be a constant in England. Join us for PFA Conversations with Dennis Wise. So I spoke to our Director of Wellbeing at the PFA, okay. Michael Bennett, and he came towards the tail end of the crazy gang with Wimbledon. And he told me a story in which he was rather nervous coming in, <laughs> thinking there was going to be some kind of prank, whatnot. Looked around, nothing had happened yet. Came out to the, to the training ground and the players just created this ring and there were boxing gloves in there. Yep. And he asked what happened and he said, no, there's, a, there's going to be a boxing match. And he thought, it's going to be me. No, it's between the manager and... Yes. And Dennis. Yeah, I, I do remember it, yes. Yeah. And um, Bobby Gould was the manager. And what happened was um, I've been promised to kind of, let's be, let's say, be sold. Okay, so Sam Man promised me and Bobby Gould promised me that yeah, if they got a certain amount of money, they would sell me. Uh, and I put a transfer request in. Bobby Gould every day, ripped it up, threw it in the bin. He said, do you want to sort it out properly? And what he'd done, he said, I'm going to get some boxing gloves and we can have a punch up as as like but you're not you got you can only hit here below okay so i said okay and he put him in there because he i think he just wanted um to get me out of where i was as in at the moment i was like so frustrated he said come on in and he we had a little basically a fight with the boxing gloves um and i i caught him in the rib and i broke his rib (laughs) um and he didn't tell anyone until after when he went in but it kind of calmed everything down and it was a mad way that that Bobby was, yeah. you know, he, was, he, he thought of different things outside the box and it actually calmed me down. I settled down. I was okay. I was only young at the time, but yeah. Um, so it's true. We won't be seeing any of that here, will we? No, we definitely won't be seeing it here. No, that was a long, long time. That was when, when it was a crazy time to, of, of Wimbledon. So there was a lot of characters there. So it was, it was, yeah, it was something I learned. I got to say a different way. Uh, but I get where he, he was going with it in the end, you know, mm. and it, it did calm me down in the, in the manner and he got my frustration out and he had a little go at me as well, which was great. Um, and I respect him. Uh, I, I really do. And uh, to this day, I still respect him. What would you say is the difference then between yourself as a player and now as an executive? Oh, there's a lot of difference. One, I think you've got to rely on the players. Um, whereas when you're a player, you play. Uh, you go out there, you enjoy it. But then when you go to a different role, uh, there's different responsibilities now. You know, the running of the whole football club is is very important. I think when we when I first came came here, they they kind of bought a badge, and there was there was no training ground, there was no youth uh, here. We had a year by year lease on the uh, very derelict ground as it as it stands at the moment, and it's something we're we're looking at to redevelop. So yeah, you, I started really from scratch, which was brilliant because I had a scenario when I was at Newcastle, obviously. And when I was at Newcastle, I was always working under certain individual people and I never really could progress myself and want to do what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but but come, coming here, it's just allowed me to do everything that I want to do. 
and I went out and obviously bought a training ground, as you see, it's eight and a half acres. And also I brought the youth back in. I brought in some, some coaches, um, Birch, Mark Bircham and obviously David Bell. I brought in English guys to mix with the Italian coaches, you know, and now we go from the really young age all the way through, which is something that was important. We've just set up a, like a B team because in Italy they have nine teams and don't have kind of after that nothing. You learn quicker, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I don't believe in this 23s. I think it's all young kids that kind of play together and don't gain the experience you'd gain by playing with a senior pro. So totally different role, you know, yeah. I'm involved in the recruitment of the players as well. There's a, there's a group of us that sit down and talk about what players come in along with a manager. So, um, yeah, I've been able to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And because I've been able to do it myself, I've my own ideas in how I want to do things. And we, so far, it's, it's, it's been quite good. You know, we've got two promotions in three and a half years. We've gone from B to C, C to B. Fingers crossed we can carry on going the route that we're going and, and get to where we want to get to, which is Serie A. Mm -hmm. And also finish this training ground and, and develop the, uh, a new stadium. Is a bit of relief coming to a different country where as posting there was a bit there's a lot of scrutinizing a lot of pressure kind of working in peace in yeah it's 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 nice out here because nobody kind of knew at first you know so and obviously we went and signed Cesc Fabregas and Thierry Henry's part of the, the, the club as well now and um, it took off and now all of a sudden people are looking at the place but it was nice to actually go first of all um, come here and look at something that was just a badge and be able to develop it going forward and you can talk about it because at the time I didn't want to talk about it because mm -hmm. I wanted to do it so we're gradually doing it and I'm not really one that goes out and, and says I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that um, until I try and get it to that stage and, and I think that's what I wanted to do and so there wasn't a lot of pressure coming here the reason why is the position that the club was in of course in Syria D two bankruptcies so I think you're walking into a place where um, you got a free reign to mm -hmm. do whatever. And they're in, probably in the worst position that it possibly ever could be. And that was the situation. So there's probably less pressure on that side of it. And probably being in the UK, yes, because of my personality and the way that I played and things, they always take you in a certain way. So you've always got this certain image of yourself here. Um, a lot of these people, I think, in, in Italy don't fully know me as the person that was in the UK. Um, so, and I've, I've kind of left it and kept it quiet and developed it in the way that it needs to be developed. And, and it's great that they're, they're being part of it. How do you, you mentioned the likes of Fabregas, Henri, yeah. Mark here as well. How do you sell the dream in creating a culture uh, as follows? Yeah, it was, um, it was quite funny because uh, when I sat down with Cess and, uh, well, we had a Zoom, uh, it came about really from the fact that uh, I was trying to sign Louis Binks and Louis Binks was looked after by Darren Dean. So Darren Dean said, I, I, I got something that I have a think about because Darren knew what we was trying to achieve here because I explained it to Darren. Right. So then he spoke to Cess, why don't you have a conversation with Dennis? And, uh, and he, he came back to me and said, do you want to have a conversation? I said, I'd love to have a conversation with Cess Fabgas. So we spent an hour and a half on a Zoom. Mm -hmm. He asked me all the questions. He never once asked me about money. wasn't interested about that. It wasn't... Uh, about that it was about what was we was going to do and he went wow um can i actually be part of it as well in some way some capacity in going forward and i said what do you mean he said well i'd like to get into some kind of shareholding do something with with it in that way and maybe 
put put something back into it. Um, I said, yeah, and we spoke to the the owners, and they were fine with it. And it kind of went from there. And he see what we was doing. I had to I had to show him. I had to go through it all, present him, and and he realised that you know I wouldn't be here if this weren't kind of was going to happen when we first took over the club the community was was kind of very kind of suspicious about the whole thing at first and the reason being is because they've been in two bankruptcies yeah so they're, they're wondering what is this group here you know it's an indonesian group have come over and this guy dennis wise has come along and mm -hmm. he's part of it and it's you have to gain a bit of trust from them you know and what we've we've set up here which which is fantastic is como for como yeah Como for Como is something that goes out to all the businesses within Como and wants to help them develop their, their businesses and be part of it. We give quite a bit of money towards uh, schoolings, uh, quite a bit of money to Communel to try and help around the community because they need to be part of everything that we're doing at the football club as well. You know, there, it's got to be something that they look at and admire. You know, and we put an infrastructure in there and we give jobs to people and we help them as much as we possibly can and build the community in a way that, you know, they're really proud of the football club and proud of Como for Como for what they're doing, really. Yeah, I suppose it's about creating a legacy beyond what's on the pitch. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And it, it's and that's what we want to do because it's such a wonderful place. Uh, we want to obviously attract um, people to come to Como of and have different different ways, like be part of the yacht club and come and uh, do the aero club and then come to a game. You know, and so mm -hmm. we want to put it in a collective package so, so people come to Como and there's a lot for them to do. Um, and we're part of that. We're one part of it, you know. Um, we want to build a stadium because, you know, we play 19 home games, but we also want to build a stadium that can host uh, maybe one of the, any tournaments that, that pop up in, mm -hmm. in 2030 in, in Italy. And we want to be part of it. And, and also to put some kind of festival, to put some boxing, put all different Brilliant. things, events, um, uh, for the locals and for, um, for the club as well. I want to also touch upon what you do with Garuda Select. Yeah. Um, for the audience that is less familiar, what is it and what do you hope to achieve with that? Um, well, it's an opportunity. Um, when I went to, Milan asked me to go to Indonesia and help a little bit with the PSSI and the, the, the football over there. So I went over there and it just gives an opportunity to not only see boys that are working within the, the PSSI, but the outside in the villages. Because there's, there's actually some talent there, mm -hmm. right? So we, we had one, one boy, Braith, he was in a village and I went to this village, watched the game and I dragged him out and we put him in the, like, the PSSI, which is the national boys, with some others, trained, and then I took him to the UK. I took him to the UK to develop him and make him better. Mm -hmm. um, and now he, he plays for the national team. He's got a club that is an Indonesian Super League. So now it gives an opportunity. And so someone give me an opportunity, Dave Bassett gave me an opportunity when I first started, when people told, and he gave me that opportunity. So I always feel that I, I want to give something back. So Garuda is something that can help boys to develop. It changes a lot of their lives uh, from where they live and, and where they're from. And that's something I enjoy. We also have some boys from Senegal. We have some Italian boys. So there's a, there's a mixture, there's a different culture within that. And all I want to do is help them boys, give them the best knowledge, football knowledge that we mm -hmm. possibly do, and help them get a club. 
to develop themselves uh, and, and kind of do well for themselves, really. Even when you were a manager, you were always good at pushing forward the youth yeah, as well. Yeah, I was always keen to put, put a, um, the youth ones in. You know, every club that I've gone to, from Swindon to Millwall to every, every real club that I've, I've managed to lead, I've always given the youngsters an opportunity to go in and play. Because um, it's really funny, it's frustrating the fact that a lot of managers say, oh, you know, he's not enough experience, but he's young, he's, maybe if I stick him in, he's, you know, not, he's, he's too young. But it, I think it, if you're good enough, stick him in. And what I don't agree with is the experience scenario, because you'll see senior pros, experienced senior pros doing the same mistakes as a young 17-year-old mm -hmm. or 18-year-old kid. You could clip it up and you could show that and then you could clip out the kid and you could show that. So yeah. they'd be doing the same mistakes. So they always use this excuse of, ah, oh, he's only young, he's, you know, he hasn't got a lot of experience. I sling him in. I sling him in to see how they do and, and show me if you're good enough, uh, you're, you're young enough, it doesn't matter. Go in if you're good enough, you play. And that's what I was always, always willing to do, you know, because mm -hmm. people give me an opportunity. So I kind of want to give them an opportunity and that's, that's kind of it. Do you miss it all, managing? No, don't mm -hmm. miss managing. I was too intense with managing I think I wanted to do everything. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it at the time, um, but I, I enjoy kind of trying to help in a different kind of way now, you know, by being part of this and trying to help kids to develop and get places and uh, fulfilling their dreams, you know, but also um, what we do with these, these boys, we, we teach them English, we try to be level one, it's a coaching badge so they get other things as well mm -hmm. along with along the way so not every one of them is going to make it i get that but if you can give them something back that um gives them an opportunity in a different way then why not mm. i guess it's what otto rehagel said he said uh win short term plan long term and yes. that's the that's the challenge yes in, in, in building this project isn't it yes it is yeah we look we've um we know where we want to go and um, it's, it's going to take a while. There's a lot to be done as you see the training ground, but not fully there. There's so much to be done here. We've got more pitches to put in. We, we've got um, equipment to go in regarding the offices. And, you know, so there's the youth academy and the restaurant and places like things like that. So there's an awful lot to do here, but we're kind of plodding along mm -hmm. in a nice kind of way. I don't want to run too quickly. I want to plod along and get to where I need to get to. So. When the day Touchwood comes and we get into where we want to get into, which is Syria, uh, we're ready for it. You know, at the moment, we're not ready for, for something like that right now. Um, in time, we will be. Sure, people will be excited to follow. Yeah. Dennis, pleasure. Thanks pleasure. a lot. Thank you, by the way.